You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Biden announces student loan forgiveness, Europe's drought the worst in 500 years, and lawsuits were filed in six New Jersey cities to address pollution violations. Here's your national news recap for the week of August 21st. I'm Megan Steckler with your national news recap. First Lady Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID-19 once again in a rebound case, the White House announced Wednesday. The First Lady had tested negative for three consecutive days on Tuesday, but tested positive once again on Wednesday. Biden's rebound case comes weeks after President Biden himself had the same turn of events. After testing negative on Tuesday, the First Lady has tested positive for COVID-19 by antigen testing. This represents a rebound positivity, the First Lady's Deputy Communications Director Kelsey Donahue said in a statement. The First Lady has experienced no re-emergence of symptoms and will remain in Delaware where she has reinitiated isolation procedures. The White House Medical Unit has conducted contact tracing and close contacts have been notified. Donahue continued, Both Bidens experienced minor to moderate symptoms during their first infections. Doctors treated the virus with Paxlovid in both cases. The president also reported few to no symptoms during his rebound case. It is not uncommon for those treated with Paxlovid to have rebound cases within a few days of first testing negative. Pro-life groups in Texas are cheering the state's trigger law, which went into effect Thursday and bans abortions. Joe Poyman with the Texas Alliance for Life says this puts the Lone Star State in the lead when it comes to defending unborn babies. All 23 abortion clinics in Texas have now stopped performing the procedure. Pro-choice groups, furious with the new law, are focusing on logistical support for pregnant women, getting them to states like New Mexico where abortion is still legal. The Uvalde School Board is voting to fire Police Chief Pete Arredondo. The board gathered Wednesday to discuss his potential firing as a result of his response to the deadly Robb Elementary School shooting back in May. Arredondo did not attend the meeting, but instead requested to be reinstated through his attorney. About 100 people gathered at the meeting, some chanting coward and no justice, no peace. The board deliberated before unanimously voting to fire Arredondo. Florida's Broward parents of middle and high schoolers are on alert as their kids could be subjected to a metal wand detector scan. Superintendent Vicki Cartwright is out with a robocall telling parents what they can expect. She says the screenings will be done by trained security personnel at random, using a computerized tool to eliminate any bias. The goal is to deter students from bringing weapons to school. Anyone caught with a weapon faces expulsion and potential criminal charges. The scheduled start of the school year will be delayed for the Washington State Kent School District until further notice. The district was supposed to start the school year Thursday, but teachers will be hitting the picket lines. Teachers are locked in a contract battle with the district. They are demanding smaller class sizes, higher pay, and more mental and behavioral health support for students. 
The district's central office, as well as the middle school and high school offices, will be open. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem and Republican governors from about a dozen other states are issuing a joint statement to keep schools open. The governors wrote, Interruptions in schooling put an undue strain on families and negatively affect a student's emotional and educational development. Their statement went on to say that schools should remain open and parents should be allowed to make the best decision for their children. The White House is defending President Biden's moves on student loan debt. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters that cancellation was a Biden campaign promise. She argued it'll give millions of borrowers some relief from the crushing burden of student loan debt. Jean-Pierre agreed the president's action won't please everyone. Critics say the moves are deeply unfair to those who have paid off their student loans. They've also raised concerns about the costs of loan forgiveness. Biden's action offers $10,000 of debt relief to those earning less than $125,000 per year. Those who went to college on low-income Pell Grants qualify for $20,000 of debt relief. A federal appeals court is upholding a Reconstruction-era Mississippi law that permanently bans convicted felons from voting. The ruling, handed down on Wednesday, was in response to a 2017 lawsuit filed by the Mississippi Center for Justice on behalf of Roy Harness and Kamal Kareem. They were convicted of separate crimes in Mississippi. The plaintiffs argued the original intent of the law was to keep recently freed black citizens from voting in Mississippi. A judge is putting North Dakota's abortion ban on hold again. Set to go into effect Friday, the state law would have banned abortions unless needed to save the life of the mother or in cases of rape or incest. It is now on hold, pending the conclusion of a legal challenge from what was the only abortion clinic in the state. A Missouri school district is bringing back spanking students for disciplinary measures. The Cassville School District, 15 minutes away from the Arkansas border, gave parents forms to specify if they want to authorize the school to be able to use a paddle on their kid. The measure is formally known as corporal punishment, and it involves striking students on their backside with a wooden paddle when they're behaving poorly. Staff members will employ reasonable physical force without any chance of bodily injury or harm with a witness present. President Biden is rallying supporters with less than three months to go before the November midterms. He made a stop in Maryland Thursday, a day after a major announcement on student loan debt relief. Speaking in Montgomery County, just outside of D.C., at a rally for the Democratic National Committee, Biden laid out what's on the line in the coming election. He said some of what's at stake includes the right to choose, social security, gun violence, voting rights, and the survival of the planet. I'm Megan Steckler, and that was your National News Recap. I'm Derek Jones with International News. Two-thirds of Europe is under some sort of drought warning in what is likely the worst such event in 500 years. The latest report from the Global Drought Observatory says 47% of the continent is in warning conditions, meaning soil has dried up. Another 17% is on alert, meaning vegetation shows signs of stress. The report warns that the dry spell will hit crop yields, spark wildfires, and may last several months more in some of Europe's southern regions. Compared with the average of the previous five years, EU forecasts for harvests are down 16% for grain maize, 15% for soybeans, and 12% for sunflowers. The Drought Observatory is part of the European Commission's research wing. Responding to it, the Commission warned that preliminary data suggests the current drought 
still appears to be the worst since at least 500 years. The ongoing heat wave and water shortages have created an unprecedented stress on water levels in the entire EU, according to Research Commissioner Mariah Gabriel. The Russian President Vladimir Putin signed a decree Thursday increasing the size of his country's armed forces by 137,000 as the Kremlin's war in Ukraine passed the six-month mark. Putin's decree will increase the number of combat personnel in the Russian armed forces by about 10% to 1.15 million. That will take the total headcount of the military to over 2 million. A copy of the order on a Russian government website says it comes into effect January 1st, 2023. It was published online and reported on by Russian state media, but no reason for the boost in troops was immediately given. The decree comes just a day after Putin's defense chief acknowledged the Russian military campaign in Ukraine has stalled, with experts saying the Kremlin's troops appear demoralized and understaffed. Wednesday marked six months since Putin's army launched a full-scale invasion of its neighbor, an anniversary that coincided with Ukraine's Independence Day in a dual symbolism that prompted warnings Russia might use the occasion to step up attacks. Russia has not released any recent estimates of how many of its troops have been killed or injured in Ukraine. Kiev says the number is more than 45,000. Ukraine said earlier this week that 9,000 of its military personnel have been killed in the war, publicly disclosing the number for the first time since the invasion. Two weeks after North Korea declared war over the coronavirus, the country has reported four suspected cases in a province near its border with China. The area where the suspected cases were found was immediately locked down, state news agency KCNA reported Tuesday. Citing the country's state emergency epidemic prevention headquarters, KCNA said four fever cases suspected of being infected with malignant epidemic occurred at a unit in a North Korea province on August 23rd. North Korea has limited testing capabilities and refers to suspected COVID infections as, quote, fever cases. It acknowledged its first confirmed cases of COVID-19 in May when it reported what it referred to as an explosive outbreak in a major national emergency. It has since gone on to record 4.7 million suspected cases, but has reported no new ones since July 29th. And on August 11th, leader Kim Jong-un declared victory over the virus. However, many experts, including those at the World Health Organization, have cast doubts on its claims. One source of skepticism is its death rates, which to many experts appears unusually low, especially given the vast majority of its people are thought to be unvaccinated. The country of 25 million has officially reported 74 deaths, with KCNA previously attributing this to what it called an unprecedented miracle. North Korea has also attributed its claimed successes to its uses of lockdowns, intensive medical checks, and what Kim called the advantageous Korean-style socialist system. Some analysts have claimed that North Korea has used the pandemic as an excuse to tighten social controls. Others have suggested its declaration of victory over the virus may clear the way for it to conduct its first nuclear weapon test since 2017. That's your look at international news. I'm Derek Jones. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. Several lawsuits were filed Wednesday in an effort to combat environmental damages. The six lawsuits address pollution in Newark, Linden, Uig, Rahway, Elmwood Park, and Middlesex. According to NJ.com, the allegations include soil and groundwater contamination in addition to an allegation of operating tainted property near a child care center. 
Sunday night, several anti-Semitic flyers were tossed in the yards of Brigantine residents. According to police, the flyers were in small plastic bags and contained no direct threats, but language consistent with extremism. The Anti-Defamation League of Philadelphia tweeted, The appalling anti-Semitic flyering in Brigantine, New Jersey is further evidence of the record level of hate and extremism occurring throughout our region and country. ADL is working with Brigantine officials and law enforcement to find those responsible for this incident. Other incidents of defamatory flyers in plastic bags have been reported across the country. More were scattered in Lindenwald on Wednesday. Actor Gary Busey is facing allegations and charges of sexual misconduct at the popular Cherry Hill Horror Convention, Monster Mania. The 78-year-old was charged Friday with two counts of fourth-degree criminal sexual contact, one count of attempted criminal sexual contact, and one count of harassment. Busey was a featured guest for photo ops for all three days of the convention, August 12th through 14th. A woman was charged in connection to a robbery in Gloucester County on Sunday. She is accused of passing a note to a bank teller demanding money at the Republic Bank on Deptford Center Road. She is being charged with robbery, theft, and terroristic threats, according to authorities. The NYPD has introduced a series of steps that gun owners must take now that the Supreme Court ruled the law concerning concealed carry permits in New York was unconstitutional. Gun owners will have to supply the NYPD with four character references and a list of social media accounts they have used in the last three years. They will also have to sit in for an in-person interview and undergo a firearms safety course. Once a permit is handed out, gun owners will not be allowed to carry in sensitive or high-traffic areas like Times Square, on mass transit, or in bars. An off-duty NYPD police officer was viciously attacked while jogging early Tuesday morning. He is now out of a medically-induced coma and is breathing on his own. Mohammed Chaudhry was hit by three men who mugged him Tuesday and his skull was fractured, causing bleeding on the brain. The wanted men stole Chaudhry's wallet, keys, and phone and then fled in a black Honda sedan. Police say the trio have mugged at least 19 people in the Bronx and Queens since August 1st. Police have made no arrests. Disgraced Hollywood executive Harvey Weinstein is being granted an appeal more than two years after being convicted of third-degree rape and other crimes. New York State of Appeals Chief Judge Janet D. Fiore granted the appeal which allows oral arguments to begin next year before the entire court. The full court may either uphold the lower court's decision regarding the conviction, reverse it, or order a new trial. Weinstein was convicted in Manhattan back in 2020 and he was sentenced to 23 years in prison. A Philadelphia man was shot in the chest and drove himself to a Wawa and walked inside Wednesday night. The 39-year-old was rushed to the hospital and is in critical condition. Authorities believe he was shot near the Frankfurt Avenue Wawa while inside his car from close range. He was struck at least seven times. Multiple people were injured following a fight at a Bucks County Elementary School playground Tuesday night. Two groups got into a fight and three juveniles and one adult were stabbed, according to authorities. In addition, gunshots were fired at a residence with no injuries. Police believe the incidents are related and began over a dispute on social media. A Philadelphia daycare is facing scrutiny after the mother of a young girl claimed her daughter was left alone for hours. The girl was in the bathroom when the class left for a trip to an amusement park and came out to find the school empty. In response, the Creative Kids Daycare Center was picketed on Wednesday and the girl's family are calling for criminal charges. I am Carly Murray and that was the local news. I'm Sam DeShugis with your Rowan News. 
Dr. Kenneth Lacovera, founding dean of Rowan University School of Earth and Environment and executive director of the Gene and Rick Edelman Fossil Park and Museum, has joined the scientific advisory board of Colossal Biosciences, a Texas-based company that, using DNA editing technology, seeks to return some extinct species to life. The company announced August 16th that it aims to use the CRISPR gene editing tool to de-extinct the thysaline, an Australian marsupial that bore tiger-like stripes over its rear legs and back, earning it the nickname the Tasmanian Tiger. Related to the Tasmanian Devil, another carnivorous marsupial, the thysaline died off in 19. 1936 due to a government-sponsored bounty system, habitat destruction, and introduced disease that decimated their population. A world-renowned paleontologist, Lacovera has discovered some of the largest dinosaurs ever to walk the Earth, including the 65-ton Dreadnoughtus, which appeared in this summer's film Jurassic World Dominion. He was a recipient of the Explorer's Club Medal, the club's highest honor. His TED Talk has been viewed by more than 4 million people, and his discoveries landed him three times in Discover Magazine's 100 Top Science Stories of the Year feature. Lacovera said human beings have a responsibility to not only end the ongoing climate and biodiversity crisis, but to reverse, where possible, human-caused damage. Also, on Sunday, August 21st, the Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine, Rowan SOM, welcomed 288 future physicians during a traditional white coat ceremony on the university's main campus in Glassboro. The students comprise the largest class in the school's history and is currently the largest class of any medical school in New Jersey. Rowan SOM Dr. Dean Thomas Cavalieri also mentioned in his welcome speech to the students that while nearly three-quarters of the class is from New Jersey, the students come from 15 different states, including Alaska. Dr. Reginald Blaber, Executive Vice President and Chief Clinical Officer for Virtua Health, also offered welcoming remarks to the students. He reminded students that, quote, the most powerful healing tool of all will always be the compassion and empathy that we show our patients as we stand with them when they're in harm's way, end quote. During the ceremony, the first-year medical students were called to the stage individually, where senior administration officials presented the students with the white medical coats to symbolize their acceptance into the medical profession. For the next four years, the students will wear those coats for all interactions with patients. I'm Sam DeTuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Megan Steckler, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with the NBA, let's discuss the latest offseason developments. Beginning with the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, let's check in on the future of the two-time Finals MVP. The Brooklyn Nets released a statement Tuesday morning that GM Sean Marks, head coach Steve Nash, owner Joe Tsai, along with his wife, met with Kevin Durant and his agent Rich Kleiman and have agreed to, quote, move forward with our partnership, end quote. With the league assumption being that Kevin Durant would be dealt this offseason, it's interesting to see both this move by the Nets and Durant himself. With Kyrie back in Brooklyn and Ben Simmons looking healthy, the Nets, if all goes according to plan, could be a serious contender in the Eastern Conference. However, Steve Nash will have a tall task on his hands with a ton of egos in that locker room, as well as a ton to prove in just year three of his deal with Brooklyn. Switching from Kevin Durant's current squad to the squad that drafted him, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wednesday afternoon, a video was released that showed Chet Holmgren in a Pro-Am game contesting a layup from LeBron James in an attempt to block it in front of the big crowd. This layup attempt resulted in a season-ending foot injury for the number 2 overall pick out of Gonzaga. With this injury tearing multiple ligaments in Chet's right foot, the Thunder are facing their biggest fear before their top 3 pick has even set foot in a regular season game. 
Holmgren desperately needs to add some bulk to his 7-foot frame if he wants to hold up in this league. Hopefully the young big man takes dieting tips from Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid as their transformations could lay the blueprint for Chet. In brighter news, the Los Angeles Lakers have acquired former Los Angeles Clipper Patrick Beverly from the Utah Jazz in exchange for Jalen Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Beverly, at age 34, provides a scrappy defensive guard for the veteran-led Lakers as the squad looks to compete in the West yet again. Switching from the NBA to the MLB, let's briefly check the MLB standings. The Yankees lead the AL East by seven games over the Tampa Bay Rays. Checking the AL Central, the Guardians currently have a four-game lead over the White Sox and the Twins in the AL Central. And last but not least for the AL, in the AL West, the Astros hold a commanding 12.5-game lead in that division over the Seattle Mariners. And checking in on the National League, the New York Mets, they are losing their lead in the NL East with just one and a half games separating them and the Atlanta Braves. Checking in on the Central, the Cardinals are starting to pull away in the NL Central with a five and a half game lead. And last but certainly not least, the Los Angeles Dodgers dominate the NL West currently as they have all season with a commanding 19 and a half game lead. And last but certainly not least, let's check in on the NFL. The Buccaneers announced Thursday afternoon that Tom Brady will play in Saturday's preseason finale after an uncharacteristic 11 day absence this week to treat personal issues. With very little preseason time under his belt, I doubt it will matter for the arguable goat in Tom Brady. However, This situation is definitely one to keep an eye on. As I mentioned, this is very uncharacteristic of Tom Brady to miss such time ahead of one of the later seasons in his career. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. The cosmetic retailer Sephora is being ordered to pay over a million dollars for selling customers' data without their knowledge. California's Attorney General Rob Bonta says during a sweep of online retailers, they found Sephora was failing to tell consumers their data was being sold and failing to process people's requests to opt out of the sale of information. California reached a settlement with Sephora, which would require them to pay $1.2 million and agree to an injunction although they won't have to admit to any liability or wrongdoing. President Biden is forgiving some federal student loan debt. The move comes as a relief to students like Kaya Jones, who's struggling to pay off nearly $40,000 in loans after graduating two years ago. It is a disgrace that higher education costs so much. It's inaccessible to a large population of the people that live in the United States. The forgiveness offers $10,000 of debt relief for those earning less than $125,000 per year. Those who went to college on low-income Pell Grants qualify for $20,000 of debt relief. The move isn't sitting well with everyone, however. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell called it student loan socialism. Amazon is shutting down its virtual and in-home healthcare service, Amazon Care, by the end of the year. The company is citing issues with the program's ability to connect with larger companies and more customers. Amazon Health Services Senior Vice President Neil Lindsay said in an email to employees the decision to close the service was made after many months of careful consideration. It was launched in 2019 as a pilot program for employees in Seattle, providing telehealth and on-demand services. The Washington Post reported about internal strife at Amazon Care last week, saying some employees have complained about the company prioritizing the business over health care services. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. 
And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. No charges are being filed against Kanye West after he was accused of punching a fan outside of a Los Angeles hotel. The incident happened in January when West seemingly got into an argument with a male fan. Video show Kanye arguing with the man, which he said resulted in Kanye striking him. The LA City Attorney Office said there wasn't enough evidence to lead to a conviction. Rapper Fetty Wap is pleading guilty to drug trafficking charges. The New Jersey native, whose real name is Willie Jr. Maxwell II, is charged with trafficking drugs into New York County and Long Island in New York. He faces a five-year mandatory minimum sentence, but no sentencing date was set. WAP did make a request to be released on bond and remains in custody. Los Angeles County is being ordered to pay Kobe Bryant's widow $16 million over photos of the 2020 helicopter crash that killed the NBA star and seven others. A federal jury unanimously agreed that first responders invaded Bryant's privacy and caused her emotional distress by sharing photos of the victim's remains, including those of her husband and daughter, Gigi. A co-plaintiff, who also lost a spouse and child in the crash, received $15 million. Brian didn't speak to reporters after Wednesday's verdict, but she did hear from supporters gathered outside of the courthouse. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are adopting one of the 4,000 beagles rescued from a dangerous breeding facility in Virginia. The royal couple adopted a dog named Mamma Mia, a seven-year-old beagle who had been used for breeding her entire life at the facility. Meghan called one of the rescue organizations helping relocate the dogs, and she and Harry were looking to adopt. Two weeks later, the couple fell in love with Mamma Mia and took her home. About 3,000 of the beagles have been removed from the property as of Thursday, and the remaining 1,000 are expected to be moved by early September. Harry Styles is making Rolling Stone history. The pop superstar will grace the cover of this September issue of the magazine around the world. He becomes the first person to be featured on the cover on all 14 editions of Rolling Stone simultaneously. Additionally, Harry Styles has announced he is already working on his next album. The singer revealed that one reason he decided to extend his residencies in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles was that he could rent studios and record music for his fourth record. Styles explained that he is always writing and is so excited to get back to work. There's no word yet on when fans can expect his next album. Megan Thee Stallion is suing her record label for $1 million in damages. The Savage Rapper's lawsuit alleges that 1501 Certified Entertainment did not pay her royalties and leaked her LP, Traumazine, early. On the other side, 1501 says Megan didn't pay her share of touring and merchandise profits. Disagreements between Megan and her label go back at least two years when she accused 1501 of blocking the release of her music. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps it up for this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Megan Steckler. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.